What if politically correct isn't correct? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. And in this upcoming Parsha of Lech Lecha, we move heavily into the life of Avraham Avinu, Abraham, our patriarch. Abraham, who is referred to as the Ivri. Ivri, the word Hebrew, coming from Ivri, Ivrit. Ivri connotes one who has come from the other side. Now, just to be fully honest, there are some who understand the word Ivri is more of a term relating to his maintaining the language of his great-grandfather, Aver, but most take it to refer to the Hebrew term of Avar, Over, crossing over the line. For example, the Hebrew word for a transgression is Avera, transgression or sin. You've crossed the line. Uh, over is to go across, as in crossing the street, or in the case of Avraham, crossing the river, coming from the distance, coming from the foreign land to this territory. But many take it to refer not to the geographical crossing, that he was from the other location, but from a moral standpoint. He lived with a different moral compass, a different standard. He set his determinations based on what the one singular, absolute, unique God on high, what Hashem, God has dictated, indicated what would be in sync with godliness, unlike the common practices of his day rooted in paganism. So he's the Ivri, the other one, coming from the distance, again physically, and from the distance conceptually. And as descendants of Abraham, throughout history, we've often been that Ivri, we've often been that one who was coming from the distance, whether exiled or re-exiled, tossed out, expelled, relocated once again and again and again to other locations, and relative to our current hosts being the foreigner, but often it came as well with a requirement to be somewhat otherly, to be that every, the one who's come from the distance, conceptually too, meaning that we came into environments that did not share our mindset, our attitude, our behaviors, our culture, and we had to fight to preserve our identity. And unfortunately, tragically throughout history, many opted not to. Many didn't want to feel that they were the other, that they came from the distance, that they were the newcomer who's seen as foreign and unusual, and they tossed off all the outer trimmings and all of the external practices and the behavior, and ultimately the the mitzvahs and the mindset that came with being the Jew. And reality is, very few of those who did so in significant numbers have significant vestiges of their communities. Throughout Europe, throughout Asia, and on this continent, far too often that there were societies that dissipated fairly quickly when they opted to mask their otherliness and unwilling to be seen as different Uh, distant from their host society. Well, hopefully most of us have been in kind of a stable mode, not recently become refugees, but sometimes we are called upon to be very other than the ones that surround us, and it's not often all that comfortable. How do we preserve our, uh, our, our differences when they are frowned upon, ridiculed uh, by those who surround us, 
Well, it takes an incredible internal fortitude. It takes a conviction, a recognition of what is truly right. It requires us to be confident in the fact that what we are doing is of great value. Well, can be no greater value than doing something that is connectivity with the divine. So, kind of rethinking those elements when we have to do something that is strange, that stands out, can be very helpful. I recall of many situations had to find myself putting on a talus and tefillin uh, to do morning services in airports or even on planes. Now, sometimes you're going to Israel, you're on an El Al plane, or you're at a terminal at JFK in New York where there's more kosher food available than in a good part of the Midwest. And, uh, okay, so it's almost like abnormal to not be joining a prayer service over there. Uh, when you're flying on Pesach, you can hear the matzah crunching in the, in the terminal. But when you're over here in Cincinnati at CVG, um, you often don't have a supportive a minion surrounding you, if the timing is such that that is the right time for prayer services. I had a fascinating encounter a few years back. I was heading from Cincinnati to Israel, but the timing was such I had to be davening. It was left the neighborhood uh, without the possibility of stopping at any of the local services. had to be doing my prayers at the airport. Put on my talis, put on my tefillin. Had somebody approach me and ask, hey, can I borrow your tefillin? What was the story? Well, he lived in this part of the country and was traveling to Israel. And he said, as a rule, I like putting on tefillin. Whenever I'm in Israel, I put on my tefillin. When I'm in America, I typically don't. Well, I actually have my tefillin in my luggage, but they've already been checked. But I'm on the way to Israel, and I see somebody with tefillin. I guess it would behoove me to put them on as well. Interestingly, thankfully, that individual does put on his tefillin every day now in Israel or outside of Israel. But the kind of the little reminders here and there that what we're doing is noticed, and even though it may feel odd and, uh, okay, we're the spectacle for so many, but you never know who you're inspiring with the right behavior in the right time because you opted to not settle for anything other than being the other one and standing out from the crowd and doing what is ultimately right. Some thoughts, though, in terms of reinforcing this within ourselves, because sometimes it's not even the issue of how our mitzvahs look vis-a-vis the outside world, but even within our Jewish community, sometimes, okay, we're surrounded by people who aren't comfortable with certain um, practice that is ultimately traditional practice. Sometimes even within a traditional community, I need to take a stance. There's a conversation that's steering towards Lashon Hara, towards gossip, there is a, an attitude in the room that is somehow unkosher. And I need to take a stance, separate myself from that crowd, opt out of joining that conversation, or even remind them that something about what's happening should be done differently. And that can make us feel very ivory, very outside, very otherly, very fast. In the initial frowns, the smirks, cynical comments... Uh, the eye-rolling, how do we build up the internal fortitude to be able to do what's right when it's very unpopular with whatever crowd we are currently uh, surrounding ourselves by? Well, a quick reminder in that last part, we, we need to make sure we figure out how to have the right crowds. But again, we often are in situations, it's at the water cooler at work, <laughs> at a board meeting, at a synagogue event, in some situation where 
okay, people are more or less on board with the right attitude, but there's something happening that simply is not right. It is not correct, even if it is the acceptable trend in the crowd. And I need to buttress myself to be able to detach from that. So as always, we look for some tackle steps for some real takeaway steps, and we always we often note that they're often the very small but measurable steps that are going to be the ones that are effective. So a suggested tackless step over here is to not wait until we're that environment and the issue came up. To begin to determine how I'm going to stand up um, against the crowd. But to do some visualization of ourselves in those scenarios. To think through, think about cases we've heard of where somebody stood out and stood up or stood out against something that was wrong. To, to visualize ourselves successfully mimicking that behavior. Or to think back to a case where, hmm, I, I really should have, could have, would have done something differently had I had the internal fortitude, but I just didn't have the guts. Can we visualize ourselves having the guts next time? Can we visualize ourselves? Can we think about ourselves and feel proud that, hey, I managed to make the statement or avoid the statement, whatever it is that I needed to do that would be accurate and right and kosher and godly, if we can take advantage of the kind of uh, stress-free situation, you know, the calm, we're not right now faced with, with the tension and with the, the difficulty of visualizing ourselves in those experiences and acting differently. Not radically, radically, radically differently, but what small step could we do differently in that environment? Okay, we're not ready to make a, a major shift and live totally differently than everybody surrounding us, but are there situations that we can visualize ourselves doing something different than the crowd and feel the sense of pride internally that, hey, that's me. That's who I really am. I'm the one who really wants to be living that way. I want to be the Avraham who doesn't just let everything that flows in the crowd's mind think dictate what he's going to do. Taking that step, thinking it through, even better, telling somebody else about it. Because then one of the key elements in our Tachla step, the A of Tachla step is accountability. Uh, the T is timely steps, so do something now. Set a time that you're going to have this, go through this practice. Right after we finish, this would be amazing. If not, before finishing this talk, have in mind a time and date. Okay, I'm going to set aside two minutes to be thinking through this practice. But the A of Tachlis has been accountability. And accountability is we, we, we boost our likelihood of success where there's somebody else who knows that this is what we are planning on doing. So if we are together with them in another environment and we are tested, hey, like they're waiting for me to succeed. So telling somebody else about, hey, I had this trial, this tribulation, maybe you don't get too specific so you don't have to speak bad about somebody else, but this is where I failed and this is where I'm going to succeed next time. A little visualization, a little thought to this, a little uh, visualization of our success is very likely to help us succeed next time we're faced with one of those politically correct but very uncorrect type of um, elements of behaviors, of attitudes, of, of talking, whatever the case is. And if we can manage to do that, we can be proud followers, disciples of Avraham Avinu, Avraham the Ivri, Avraham that otherly one, Otherly, not in a manner that is condescending, not in a manner that is, um, you know, community breaking and breaching, but simply 
taking the appropriate necessary stances when when that's what's called for and doing what is ultimately right. In so doing, we'll make Avraham proud of ourselves. We'll be able to be proud of ourselves. God will be proud and we will be all that much more likely to achieve our tachlis.